Well, good afternoon. Welcome to your American Heritage, baby. Yeah. My name's Ed Bondarenka, and I'm, of course, not. Not your normal fluffy insurrectionist. And producing the show is the guy that answers the phones, warns me the commercials are coming, and puts the guests online when they do call in, and finds answers to questions that we ask. Derek Stone, the Swiss Army knife of radio. And Derek hosts Stone Cold Sports Truth Sundays at noon 30, right after my friend Sean Todd hosts The Intersection at noon. The Intersection is... Not your normal fluffy Christian show. So you should listen to both of those shows before Dave Janda comes on at 2, and then listen to the Saturday lineup of Abolitionist Roundtable at 9 a.m., Trigger Talk at 11 a.m., and Moment of Clarity that I co-host right before this show. And to find a calming influence, stay tuned to Speaking of Art with Ed Hoffman. So um, let's see. You can listen to all these. You can go to Wham to find the podcasts. Uh, go to whamradio.com podcast page, and you'll find links there. And uh, Your American Heritage is on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, and you can and you should subscribe. So boost the signal. Be a Paul Revere. Get the word out. Your neighbors are counting on you. Your friends are counting on you. Your family members are counting on you. If they are unaware of what's going on around us, perhaps you're the person that needs to tell them. Because it's day 1084 of the coup, the taking of the American government by enemies both foreign and domestic. There's a war going on for control of America and the world and you. The government and the media have been weaponized against us. Look at look at the atrocities committed by uh, the IRS against conservatives, uh, the, uh, oh, say the ATF, uh, trying to take away our gun rights, trying to restrict us without legislative authority. Um, you know, the, the efforts of the intelligence communities to link up with the social media platforms so that they don't, uh, excuse me, I was just getting a phone call of all things. I thought it might be our guest calling my line instead of the, uh, the station line. But I don't think it is, given the where it's coming from. So sorry about that. And um, so I'm going to decline. So um, you know, we have seen all these uh, uh, attacks. You know, where like I was saying, the intelligence community is interfacing with social media to censor us, to keep us from uh, having our voices heard. Uh, I posted a couple things on Facebook this morning. Posted them on my timeline, and then I went back to look at them, and they weren't there. Oh. Wait a minute, I clearly remember that. And then I've got likes and comments, and I look back, and it's still not there. And yet people are liking and commenting on them, uh, mostly about Veterans Day, which, by the way, happy Veterans Day to all who are veterans. And uh, thank you for your service. Yesterday was uh, Marine Corps' birthday, as I've said earlier on other shows. Uh, the Marine Corps was uh, born in a bar, and uh, so that explains a lot of their behavior. And... Um, I have good friends who are in the Marine Corps, so I appreciate their service. See, you know, and uh, so, you know, all this overreach of the government to uh, silence our voices, uh, it's just atrocious. atrocious. And, uh, yeah, we just had something, we had some good news recently this week uh, about a pushback on that. But, uh, you know, there's things we have to do in pushing back to this overreach from this administration, this regime that's trying to silence us and trying to strip our rights away. You know, think about this. Just think about this for a second before I go any further. Where does the government get the right to limit the kind of vehicle you should drive? 
Now, I can understand that the government might be able to mandate safety devices. And it's gotten really carried away. I mean, I think seatbelts would have been enough, then five-mile-an-hour bumpers, and then there were airbags, and then side airbags, and then, um, give me one second, folks, live radio. Jake Lang is trying to contact you, and my name is, and I have to say, call, like I did before, 734-822-822. 1600 and we'll see how that goes because i don't know why it didn't go through before once again i'm going to keep talking here about what i was while i wait for that uh what what right does what kind of government overreach is it that tells you you can no longer drive an internal combustion engine that you have to drive a car that they can switch off that they can turn off Oh, yes, because it's a safety thing. You know, somebody might steal your car. Buy LoJack if you're worried about that, okay? That's an option. That's the that's the uh, private economy coming up with solutions. We're, we're fed up with the government telling us what to do when they have no right to tell us what to do. It's the administrative state, and it's got to come to an end. And we, like I said, we've seen some stuff regarding the ATF and guns, the, the, um, the uh, pistol brace ruling. And the uh, uh, 80% ruling that affects way more than guns. You may not want a gun at all in your life, but this affects how the government can be controlled to keep you to keep you from being subjugated to them. We, we need to do that. So um, what do we do? We organize and we educate. We go to court. We support those that go to court financially. We get the vote. We get out the vote whether they cheat or not. And they do cheat. And we arm ourselves. We arm ourselves intellectually, of course. That's that's what I meant. We intellectually arm ourselves. We have the facts and figures to show people. And we pray. I said it before. I will continue to say it. They may have a Justice Department. We have a God. Psalm 144. Please clasp your hands and fingers. Let's pray. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Father, please lead us and guide us in the days to come, the years to come. Please guide us, lead this nation, bring it back to a point of constitutional liberty. Please help us restore it to a constitutional republic and remove the illegal overreach of those that would oppress us. Please help us protect our heritage from these evil conspirators. And please bring these enemies of good and sound morals to a place of repentance. And if they will not repent, please remove them from authority over us at a minimum. Amen. So Derek is talking to somebody on the phone, and I'm assuming that it's my guest. And I want to tell you about him. Um, Jake Lang uh, is a January 6th political prisoner. He has a podcast called Political Prisoner Podcast, hosted by Jake Lang. It's on Apple Podcasts, and I'm sure it's in other places. I haven't looked for it anywhere else yet. Um, I said it before. When I was a young man, I read Alexander Solzhenitsyn's Gulag Archipelago, where he described a series of Russian-Soviet jails and prisons. But that couldn't happen here, right? Well, it has. We've had too many people going to jail for being at the Capitol protesting peacefully. Now, the ones who are rioting, put them in jail. But too many grandparents have been thrown in jail. Too many honest citizens have been thrown in jail. Or they've been over-prosecuted for minor infractions. And yet we've seen the Hamas supporters tear up the the perimeter and threaten the perimeter of the White House. We've seen them 
um, invade Congress and storm offices and overtake offices, and yet nothing has happened to them like it has to the January 6th prisoners. You know, so uh, Jake's the charges against Jake were civil disorder, assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers, assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers using a dangerous weapon. Well, that sounds like a, a redundant charge. Obstruction of an official proceeding, aiding and abetting, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restrictive building or grounds with a deadly or dangerous weapon. And we're going to talk to Jake about these charges. We have roughly 15 minutes left. Wish we could have had more time. But uh, Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, Edward, God bless you, brother. Thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm glad you got here. I'm sorry we are going to have so short a time now. We're down to 15 minutes. But would you please tell people where you're calling from at the moment? I am in the basement of Washington, D.C. jail, the Gulag. I'm in solitary confinement. Today is day 1032, I believe, of my incarceration without a trial. I'm being held indefinitely as a prisoner of war by Joe Biden's regime in the corrupt Department of Justice. Yes, as I, I say at the start of my show, it's, it's day 1084 of the coup, but that's when the election was stolen. Yes, it's been a while. And um, so your case interests me as it does others. I'd like to bring the, the uh, uh, travails and trials of uh, January 6th prisoners to people's attention so that they can pray for them and support them. So right off the bat, Let's talk about how people can support you besides in prayer. Oh, well, thanks, brother. Um, there's, you know, the January 6th community is a community comprised of uh, over 1,400 persecuted patriots. Um, 1,400 of us are, are facing criminal charges from Joe Biden's regime trying to uh, basically stop the MAGA movement and chill all of the Trump supporters into submission. Um, and there's over 200 of us currently sitting right now in prison. Some of us are awaiting trial. Some of us have already been railroaded by uh, the, the federal judges here. Um, and so our families, there's a lot of men that are locked up with young wives and kids at home. Um, they used to be the breadwinner. They used to be, you know, the, the, a lot of them are electricians, former Marines, um, school there are teachers, no former Marines. firefighters. We've got some of the best people in the world. And so... Um, basically, they've been ripped out of their home, and the young wives and kids have been left to fend for themselves. A lot of them had to um, sell houses, move out of homes. They've gone bankrupt. I mean, it, the, the horror stories, guys, are unbelievable. People's cars being repossessed, people becoming homeless. Um, there's so many tragedies. It's, it's really disgusting. It's probably one of the most, you know, hardest things to face about this reality is that they're actually real people in real lives being affected, families being destroyed. And, and so we've started, um, me and some of the other Jan Sixers in the volunteer groups, um, a sponsorship program for a January 6th prisoner. Uh, basically, you can help become a commissary sponsor every single month, uh, making sure that they get food and hygiene products and clothing um, because it's expensive to be a prisoner. It costs about four or $500 a month to make sure that you have all of these things that the jails don't provide you. So if you guys want to become a monthly commissary sponsor, which is super appreciative, go to SponsorJ6.com. That's SponsorJ6.com right now, guys. Um, pick a monthly package, 20 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, whatever you can afford. And that goes such a long way to helping one of the hundred, uh, hundreds of political prisoners and their families 
uh, who are struggling to even put food on their own table, let alone be extorted by the government for hundreds of dollars a month to feed their, their prisoners. So um, that SponsorJ6.com website is invaluable, and it's one of the best ways to help out the Jan 6 prisoners. Even the price of you making this phone call is extortionate. Wouldn't you say so? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's another part, too, is that every single phone call is $2. So to call your family three, four times a day, we're talking about a couple hundred dollars a month just in phone call costs alone for the prisoners. And if you want to email your family, you know, it's, this is, it's really a travesty of justice how we're being held. And on top of that, it's not just us being confined. It's our families and communities that are suffering, too. And so, uh, yeah, that's SponsorJ6.com website. Thank you, Edward, for giving me the time to talk about that. That's a great way. And, and guys, above and beyond all the donations, we need your prayers. We need Christian men and women to get and join with us in the spirit and stand with us in the gap and, and beseech our Father God uh, to pour out his spirit on this country to help, you know, relieve us of this, I mean, horrible prisoner of war situation. We're hostages. Yes. You know, I heard you on Joe Altman's show uh, a few weeks ago, and I, I recorded it when I couldn't, when we had a glitch and you didn't end up on the show that day. I played a portion of your interview with him, and I hope nobody sues me. I don't think they will. And, uh, I know, those and, are my and people. One thing they that they have, their show is actually on my uh, Blessed News Network, that show. Um, that we were on, they're on Blessed News Network, so you're all good, brother. We've got uh, recording and streaming rights, too, over uh, at blessednewsapp.com. Oh, this is right now? Oh, I better be behaved. So, no, uh, no, yeah. no, Joel, Joel Altman's show was. <laughs> Joel Altman was. Yeah, the, that oh, okay. show. That was all a right. great episode. Yes, and I was impressed by the spiritual aspect of your conversation. You did not strike me as a phony pretending to be a Christian, but the, the cry of your heart as you spoke out. And and so tell me, first off, the charges. I read the charges against you. We Unfortunately, we only have like 10 minutes left. I, I booked the second half because I wasn't sure if you'd make it this time, and I apologize for that. But uh, would you tell us in a brief manner what got you there? Yeah, of course. I mean, so, you know, January 6th, uh, we showed up to make sure that our, our country wasn't swept away into communist despotic tyranny. I mean, the communists did a coup d'etat inside the Capitol that day and installed a puppet regime leader. And so we were there in a peaceful manner. I showed up. I had, you know, dress clothes on, um, slacks and a dress shirt on underneath my, my leather jacket. I was at a business meeting in New York City the night before, and I didn't show up with any weapons we all showed up with love of, uh, uh, of our country and love of God in our hearts, love of the liberty that he's bestowed upon us. And uh, basically, we were there, we were protesting a million strong, waving flags, chanting, and the Capitol Police got orders from their handlers, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer's, you know, these globalists, basically to turn their weapons against an unarmed American crowd, and they ended up killing Four unarmed Americans, Ashley Babbitt was shot in cold blood by Officer Michael mm -hmm. Byrd right in the throat inside the Capitol. Um, Roseanne mm -hmm. Boylan was murdered in my arms. She was trampled and beaten and bludgeoned and chemically sprayed um, and asphyxiated to death right in front of me. And so after and they call and that a drug-related death? Flash, flash grenades to Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips. 
Sorry, what was that, Everett? Oh, didn't they call that a, a, a reaction, like a drug addiction thing she had? And they, they totally misrepresented was, how she died. Yeah, that was that that's one of the most, I mean, egregious things that they've done is they even have their own medical examiners in on this huge, I mean, Washington, D.C. is a swamp. They, these people all toe the line no matter what they do, what they're told, um, and it's disgusting. But, yeah, I mean, she, she ended up dying in my arms. And so, I, you know, me and a bunch of other, you know, 1776 Patriots, brave men, uh, had to stand up and, and basically take up defensive position against this murderous Capitol Police force. And, uh, you know, that's where a lot of my star- charges stem from was being in a melee after they murdered this woman, um, you know, with a, with a riot shield and, and, and other things to basically try to get in between the uh, Capitol Police and the women that they were abusing and the elderly people that they were brutalizing. So, you know, uh, I'm a young man. I was 25 years old on January 6th. I'm 28 years old now, turning 29 soon, um, almost four birthdays in jail already without a trial. But... You know, I'm not a coward. God, God's blessed me, and he's blessed a lot of the other men that are locked up with me um, with the ability to stand up and to, to fight back against tyranny and against, you know, people assaulting. I don't care if a Capitol Police officer or not. You assault an unarmed woman and murder in front of me, I'm going to do something about it. And so, you know, that's, that's just at the end of the day, you have to protect the weak and you have to protect those who can't protect themselves. That's, you know, God never frowns upon that uh, you know, we have we, our weapons of our warfare are not cardinal; they're spiritual in nature. But you, what are you going to do when they kill a woman in front of you? You have to ask yourself that question, and you know, put yourself in 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 my shoes sometimes, and other people's shoes, and say you know, you're going to respond and and try to defend the other people so that more innocent lives don't end up being taken by the tyrants. That that actually happened near the tunnel, right? Was that the tunnel incident? The, the- Police. Yeah, the, the inauguration tunnel where the um, the president usually walks out of uh, onto that dais there, onto that little um, that, that scaffolding there to uh, um, accept, you know, usually our real president uh, would accept right, his real inauguration. Right. But yes, that West Terrace tunnel side um, was the, the scene of, I mean, just a lot of police brutality. And it was a really a crazy scene. If people want to see more about what we're talking about, my team and I produced a documentary over a year ago. It's the number one viewed video ever on Rumble. Um, it's got over 2 million views. It's, it's an amazing documentary called The Truth About January 6th. Um, if you guys go to j6truth.org, that's j6truth.org, you can see the scenes of Roseanne Boylan being murdered. Um, God also was, put me in the right position to save Philip Anderson, um, a young black man's life. He did a court-sworn testimony, and so did another person, Tommy Tatum, saying I saved their lives. And so all of that stuff was caught on film. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, and that's on j6truth.org. Don't take my word for it. You guys can go and look was, at this stuff for yourself. Um, and, and was that the movie that opinion. was also on Epic Times? That's, yeah, we had that on Epic Times. Um, yeah, I, was, I saw you know, that. It's it was, remarkable it was quite what, right. And it was it was quite enlightening about how the police used tear gas to drive the crowd towards them instead of away from them. That's that's just one of the telling things about that whole incident. And um, what is what is it like for you? We've got a few minutes. What is life like for you in jail right now? Well, life is full of God's grace. I'm, I'm you know I'm a disciple of Jesus because He's here with me. You know, there's I'm in solitary confinement for 21 months out of 
the 35 months I've been locked up and I've had just an amazing opportunity to really fellowship um, with the Lord and, and dig into the word and um, become, you know, uh, a, a spirit built man. Because if you look with the eyes of, you know, we walk by faith, not by sight. If you just look at with your eyes around you, it's four, four corners, four white walls. There's nothing much to look at. But if you put on your spiritual lenses, you can start to appreciate um, all the things around you. I mean, including just the small meals I get every day and, you know, the supporters and people on the outside that pray for us and, you know, the, what we mean to the American community. I think that, um, you know, I've received about five, 6,000 letters since I've been locked up. We get dozens of letters every day some days um, from people writing us prayers, and I'm so grateful for those people, all the January 6th Patriots are, everyone who writes us letters and donates. You guys keep us going. And to see the impact that we've had on the American people to, to, you know, to stand tall. We're not being broken by the system. We're not caving into plea deals. We refuse um, basically to take these, uh, these government, you know, lapdog plea deals and to admit that we were doing something wrong on January 6th. Wow. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. There's just, it's, I'm in prison, guys. There's a background yeah. noise, people screaming sometimes, so, you know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, have a, <laughs> I have a loved one who is in prison. I, I, I have descriptions. He's out now. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I understand that the food isn't sufficient. A lot of times you need to buy, buy from the commissary just to sustain yourself. You need money for stationery. You need money for phone calls. And, and people can support you. And we've only got a couple minutes left. Tell us again that address of where people can support you, Jake. Yeah, guys, well, the, one of the best ways other than prayer, which is by far the best way, the other great way to support us um, is go to SponsorJ6.com. Uh, I really encourage everybody to, to, to do that, to share that website on your social medias, guys. It make, makes a huge difference for us. You know, we're in a... In a, in a you have huge, one minute remaining. Well, that's coincidental. We only have one minute left on the show. Country, and... Uh, Sorry, okay, I'm going to pray for you right now, all right? And I, I have to our, leadership, our, re, our listeners to pray also. Father, please, please help our brothers and sisters who are trapped in these, this situation. Please encourage them and strengthen them and find them release. Please help them through this situation. And, Father, give them the support they need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Derek, amen, how much luck we got? 30 seconds. Okay, we got Amen. one minute left, and you've uh, no, got I'm less than so a minute. I'm so grateful, Edward, ahead, that you're a strong patriot voice to help us out, brother. Thank you for what you're doing, and, uh, you know, may God shine his face upon you and all the listeners today and uh, just bless us with a faith in Jesus that is unshakable. Amen. I can't argue with that, and I appreciate your attitude, brother. God bless you, and, and keep the faith. Thank you. All righty. Um, wow. <sighs> well, we got 30 seconds left, J Derek. Yeah, so folks, um, on a different note, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about uh, Veterans Day after the break. And so, why don't you come back after the break? Your American heritage. to be courageous we were made to lead the way we could be the generation that finally breaks the chains 
we were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. Well, welcome back to the second half of your American heritage. That's amazing. I practiced that over and over, and then it fails. It should have done. Nope, doesn't do that either. So I'm glad I'm not depending on a lot of audio clips this afternoon. Um, So um, today is Veterans Day. It's the actual day. I was kind of disturbed to see all these Veteran Day greetings on Facebook yesterday, and I thought, what I miss here? And uh, I guess it's because it's a federal holiday, and uh, some people were telling me they got mail, so I got confused on that. But... uh, it is Veterans Day, and um, we need to be grateful to the courageous. There's the tie-in to the opening song. Uh, we need to be grateful to those who are courageous to step up and serve their country in the military. And uh, this is for those who survived it. Now, the ones that did not survive it, that's Memorial Day. So um, I thought it would be good to have Scott Powell of the Discovery Institute, and he's the author of the book Rediscovering America, join us and talk about Veterans Day. Now, Rediscovering America is a great book that looks at each of the American holidays and examines their roots and importance to the culture. And if your American heritage is anything, it's cultured, like yogurt. You know. So uh, I'd just like to play this first before we bring uh, Scott on. This is Kenneth Branagh in Henry VI, the play, and you may recognize the words from it regarding being a veteran. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he today that sheds his blood with me shall be my brother, be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition. And gentlemen in England, now are bed, shall think themselves accursed they were not here and hold their manhoods cheap whilst any speaks that fought with us upon St. Crispin's Day! Yeah, so Band of Brothers, we happy few. And uh, we're proud to have served, we're happy to have served, glad to be of service. And so... uh, Obviously, somebody thought it'd be a good idea to have a day set apart for that. Scott, how are you today? I'm really well, thank you. Oh, good. I'm glad it to is hear Veterans that. Day, and so, so quite a day. Once again, I. Pardon me. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great day, Veterans Day. Yes, it is, and you're going to tell us about it. We're going to talk about it, and if uh, anybody wants to call in seven three four eight two two sixteen hundred, and and uh, I don't know, talk about the service or or whatever towards the end of the show, that would be great. Uh, But nonetheless, Scott, this hasn't always been known as Veterans Day. Tell us about its roots, because you researched this for your book, and and I want to hear about it. Well, um, it was first known as Armistice Days, and it was celebrated on, it it came out of World War I, and it was celebrated on November 11th, because that was the day agreed upon by the Allied nations in Germany to begin a total cessation of hostilities that went into effect on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. 
after some 20 million people from both sides had given their lives in the war effort. And, you know, World War I is perhaps one of the more controversial wars in that it was, number one, so destructive. And for what? It, it was, you know, that war should not have happened. And it certainly was a tragedy that so many lives were lost for, a, you know, for an inappropriate war. But that's history, and the that war. Excuse me. Let's go back a bit there. That war got started by a seemingly inconsequential event in a seemingly inconsequential country, you know, with the the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in uh, was it Yugoslavia or what was called what we now call yes. Yugoslavia? Yeah. And then basically that's. I mean, nobody knew who this guy was, but the people involved knew who it was. And all of a sudden, a bunch of treaties drew na- great nations into that war, perhaps willingly, perhaps unwillingly. But war had been on the horizon for a while. But uh, I'm sorry, please continue about world. You were telling us about World War One. So anyway, for many years thereafter, Armistice Day was recognized only on a state level in the United States. It was not a national holiday. And 20 years later, after 1918, uh, when the the winds of an ever greater war were actually blowing, because Hitler was on the move in Europe, um, and that would would lead to World War II, uh, U.S. Congress passed the act to establish Armistice Day as a legal federal holiday on on, uh, May 13, 1938. Ironically, it was it was billed, uh, sort of marketed as at that very time to be quote a day to be dedicated to the cause of world peace. <laughs> That's how in 19, all the day in was, was announced in 1938. And of course, as it painfully turned out, World War II was uh, it was unfolding uh, right as Congress basically established it as our na- na- as a national holiday. And, Maybe they dragged their feet too long, huh? No. I mean, you know, um, Germany had annexed Austria, uh, and they were making clear preparations to take over Czechoslovakia at the very time that uh, the U.S., you know, established uh, this holiday for the cause of world peace. So anyway, history has its ironies. As it painfully turned out, of course, World War II was was almost four times more costly for the United States than World War One, with over 405,000 lives lost uh, in World War II as compared to the First World War, in which about 116,500 Americans died. You know, the, the supposition of the, 19, of the 1918 armistice was, was completely undone, of course, by by this uh, you know by World War II, and eventually after World War II and the Korean War, uh, the Veterans Service Organization lobbied Congress to amend that 1938 Act, uh, striking out the word armistice and and replacing it with the word veterans. So veterans, you know, Veterans Day came into effect uh, by a you know by a congressional act. Uh, in 1954, <clears throat> and that made Veterans Day a federal holiday to be established on November 11th to honor all American veterans of all wars. Now, it's interesting. What what also makes Veterans Day unique 
is that hey, excuse me. in 1968, wait, wait, stop, stop there was this. Yes. Can I ask you a question? I yeah. never thought of this yes. before. Veterans of all wars, is this a technicality or is this, what if there wasn't a war like during the Trump years? Well, it, it, it is a holiday uh, to, you know, to, I think, I think it's safe to say that veterans of all wars, uh, and that would include the small, you know, the, the lesser, you know, wars, uh, be it in Afghanistan or Iraq or mm-hmm. any, you know, I, I think anyone that served overseas uh, can celebrate Veterans Day in its in its fullest. And of course, okay, you celebrate those that ahead. survived conflict that you know left the battlefield and are still living. Whereas Memorial Day, of course, remembers those that gave their lives. I'm not trying to be contentious here, but I never thought about this until you mentioned it, I always thought that Veterans Day was for those who were veterans of the service, people who had served. But the way you're phrasing it, and I'm not attacking you. I mean, you're, you're reading a congressional uh, uh, act, I believe. It sounds more like you would have to have been part of uh, a fighting force in a war to actually be remembered by Veterans Day. Am I, am well, I being an I, idiot know, here? The way it's... <laughs> Yeah, the way it's celebrated is that all veterans who have served their country, um, okay, gotcha. we, we honor enough. them on we honor them on Veterans Day. So I, I don't Good, mean I to, dodged, I I don't mean to, to say that veterans, um, you know, who didn't serve on, you know, during a war have less uh, stature with regard to their being honored on Veterans Day than those that, you know, than those that um, served in, you know. Well, at a time of war. I think Veterans Day celebrates all veterans. Yes. There's a, there's a, I don't know, I can't remember the Latin for it, but it gets translated into English as those also serve that watch and wait. And uh, I've always used that as an excuse for my (laughs) claiming to be a veteran since basically one, I was in the Air Force and two, I never went to Vietnam. I could have. Vietnam was on at the time. I just didn't get sent there. But I, I know a lot of people who have been in the heat of battle who del- deserve a lot more recognition for their service than I do for mine, to be honest with you. But we'll give you grace, Ed. Oh, we're going to celebrate you, too, on Veterans Day. I live Day. by grace. Okay? Thank you. You'll, you'll yes. allow us to do that? Thank you. Appreciate Good. that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, please continue. Well, it's it's quite interesting, you know. As the holiday evolved, Veterans Day became, you know, obviously a very patriotic holiday with you know a profuse display of the red, white, and blue and Main Street parade of veterans in towns across the country. Um, and I think every it's fair to say that every American felt some gratitude for veterans for they'd been willing to make the ultimate sacrifice in the defense of freedom for our homeland and other countries. It was always the case of defending freedom around the world. Um, In addition, you know, military service inculcated veterans with a lasting patriotic attitudes, and and that prompted them to stay engaged, I think, in political participation later in life. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not surprising that the number of veterans who turn out to vote has consistently been higher than non-veterans by 16 to 30 percent, depending upon the election. So it's, it's, it's pretty significant. 
Now, another thing about veteran, the Veterans Day that makes it unique is that in 1968, uh, it was under the, you know, push from the bureaucracy in Washington, but Congress, you know, took up the Uniform Holiday Act, which was going to make all the holidays that fell on odd dates. This and this happened right after. Um, Martin Luther King, uh, the, you know, the civil rights movement in, in 1968, and the assumption was that there would be a Martin Luther King Day. It wasn't yet established. But the, the thought was that if they could shift the celebration of holidays to Monday, to a Monday, that it would provide many holidays for government workers and all Americans so that you had a three-day weekend because when, you know, when Washington's birthday came up on a Wednesday, you know, you know, traditionally you had that day off. Or when, you know, when uh, Memorial Day came up uh, on May 30th and that fell on a Tuesday, then that was a holiday. That was the holiday. So the, the Uniform uh, Holiday Act shifted all of those holidays to a Monday. So in the case of Martin Luther King, it's the second Monday in January, in the case of President's Day, it's the third uh, Monday in February. Uh, in, in, in Memorial Day, it's the, it's the last uh, Monday in May. And Columbus Day, I think it's the, it's the second, uh, I think it's the second Monday in October. Mm-hmm. Now, they tried to do this with Veterans Day, and you know what happened? The veterans just rose up and said, no. November 11th is a sacred day. You know, that was the day when, you know, when, when the, there was a cessation of hostilities and it went into effect on, you know, on November 11th, the 11th hour, the 11th month, and that's a sacred day. That's a significant day. So we can't ship that to some floating holiday. And they fought it, and, they, and, and Congress decided not to include Veterans Day in the in the. Uh, umbrella of the Uniform Holiday Act. So, in some ways, Veterans Day is unique in that it that it is celebrated only on the day on November 11th. <clears throat> so, what happens yes. when a holiday falls on a weekend, as it does this year? It's Saturday. Today is Veterans Day. Then there are some people that celebrated it on Friday, some corporations, and some that celebrated on Monday, and then some, of course, you know, I don't. Some some companies don't don't even honor it, but I think that the the government still gives the day off, and I and I I don't know was was it yesterday, Ed, or will it be on Monday? No, actually, actually, the I was just looking uh, at it earlier today, and the post office is off today, not yesterday, which explains why some people were telling me that they were getting mail yesterday, and other people are telling me that yesterday was the federal holiday observed, and then. You know, because I was I was very discombobulated on on uh, social media, which I normally am anyhow. And uh, you know, people are wishing everybody a happy Veterans Day, and I'm thinking like, did I oversleep? Is it Saturday already? I mean, really, come on. And then every oh no, it's celebrated on Friday by businesses, so we're celebrating it today, and that makes no sense. And I've, I've I, I I adhere to the the sacredness of the day. And you know, it's interesting. You you mentioned the Uniform Holiday Act. Um, I went in to uh, military service. I went to Lackland Air Force Base on a Friday evening in uh, February, 
and we had a three-day weekend. And I think it was the first three-day weekend. We wondered what what's going on. You know why? Why aren't we? Uh, we actually had to give ourselves haircuts. It was getting that bad on on Monday. We we're pulling out the sewing kits and cutting guys' hair because it was so warm down there, and it was we were sweating. And it was getting in our eyes. So, but but the base barber shop wasn't open. They, you know, they usually give the boots their buzz cuts the first day. So right. You know, we we had a three day weekend right off the bat. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Excuse me, a second. But Derek, you know, did you? I think Veterans take a Day call? is. Um, did I miss it? All of. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a we have a phone call uh, from Joe okay. from uh, uh, Wyandotte. Let's let's see what Joe has to say very quickly. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Hey. Uh, you. At first, you know I can't pass a bad pun, so oh, I got to no, wonder no, no, why no, no, Congress would declare a holiday for uniforms. Bad right? Can't oh, resist goodness, the bad yeah. pun. Okay, but, next. <laughs> but seriously, you you made the distinction I was trying going to make about observed, and there is the difference in the distinction why the calendar will say if it's a shifted day, that the day is whatever holiday observed as opposed to like today on the calendar. It does indeed say Veterans Day because it's not shifted. It is the 11th day of the 11th month. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Anything else before we kick you off? I mean, let you go. Joe? And he's gone. And like that, like uh, Kaiser Sose says, and like that, he was gone. So, Scott... Um, I, first off, I want to re- remark about your book again. Uh, or, oh my goodness. Remembering America. Am I, uh, yeah, yeah rediscovering, rediscovering America. America. Rediscovering you know, America. Let, let me just yes. tell the audience that, um, about the book just very briefly. I'll make it Please you know, do. too long. Yeah. It, it, it was, uh, number one, Amazon new release in, in the American history genre for eight straight weeks when it first came out about a year and a half ago. And it's unique. You know, it has a unique and positive message uh, that reveals God's hand behind the success of the United States up through the 1960s, because I, I, I decided to write the book in a unique fashion around the holidays. So the last holiday is Martin Luther King Day in terms of the newly created holidays. Now, since that time, we've had Juneteenth. And I'm not sure yeah. if that holiday is going to get legs or not, but technically, uh, you know, uh, in these times, uh, I, Congress kind of folded their tent uh, to the, you know, to the to the woke people that were still recovering from, you know, uh, <clears throat> the George Wolf, Floyd Wolf craziness and the uprisings and the tearing down of statues. It was almost like, well, we'll appease these people, give them a, a new holiday, Juneteenth. But Juneteenth is just a redundant holiday because, you know, we celebrate, you know, we, we, we first of all, c- celebrate, um, you know, President's Day um, and, you know, in celebrating Lincoln, you know, we are recognizing that the nation got over slavery, that the Civil War paid an enormous price uh, you know, to, you know, the country paid an enormous price. And yes, the, yes, the war started out. Celebrated by Memorial Day originally, right? Memorial Day was a celebration of that price. Pardon me? Wasn't that right? 
wasn't Memorial Day uh, had it had its roots in the yeah, uh, Memorial Day? The, actually, the, sorry, that's the, right. Civil War. Uh, that's right. I was going to go on and explain that it was Memorial Day that really uh, celebrated the you know the the uh, the remembrance. It came out of the Civil War, and it came out of a gesture by Southern women in two different places who placed flowers on the graves of Union soldiers, which was quite a gesture given that, you know, the the North just, um, you know, really destroyed the Tore South. Through. I mean, Sherman's Tore through the march South, yeah. to the sea was really brutal, and it left a lot of of ill will amongst the Southerners towards, uh, you know, towards Lincoln, towards uh, the Union in general. Of course, Lincoln lost his life and didn't have a second term, but... <clears throat> But it was just Boy, the alternate history on that would that have been amazing. Year of the end of lived. the war, these women were specifically making an action to forgive uh, the Union, and uh, that that was that was the beginning of Memorial Day. Yes, Amen. And by the way, Veterans Day used to be called Armistice Day, and then in this country we returned it Veterans Day. But in the Commonwealth countries uh, of Great Britain, it's it's its holiday today also, and it's called yes. uh, Remembrance yes. Day, right? Right. Yes. Yes. We and we I, called it Armistice Day up, uh, but the way you know the reason I took time to explain what happened is that it was it was established, announced as a holiday in 1938 at the very time war was breaking out again in Europe, and so it kind of got overshadowed by that. And then uh, shortly after World War II ended, you know, we were embroiled in the Korean War. And so it was after the Korean War that that there was a move amongst, um, you know, the military community. And of course, they make their, put their, 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 uh, their wishes and, and their political pressure onto Congress to change Armistice Day to a bigger holiday, a, a, you know, a, a holiday More that inclusive. would re- remember all, you know, all those um, from war. So that that's why we got into the discussion of whether, you know, the beginning of Veterans Day may have been to commemorate war veterans, but it's it's evolved further, I think, just to remember all veterans. Yes, amen, to make it more more inclusive. And uh, Derek, and it how much be. we got? Yeah, it should be, yeah. Should, should we got be, one minute uh, left. Uh, we got one minute left, yeah. Scott. So, well, uh, I think of, of so all folks, the foreign wars in which Americans were engaged, you know, World War II is by far the largest. Uh, and today, only about one percent of those veterans uh, remain alive as remnants yes. of this greatest generation. And when we think Amen. about these veterans, this day, November eleventh you know, who are likely to pass away of old age over the next few years, you know, we should really remember um, that for our country to continue its great heritage, it must inculcate in its citizens a willingness to sacrifice and fight to preserve liberty. We have a battle now that we have to fight internally within the United States. We're not fighting an external enemy. We're fighting an internal enemy to preserve uh, liberty. And I, well I said, found Scott. a, a quote go. from it's Ben, ben Franklin that sort of wraps it all up. He said that those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither safety nor liberty. 
Okay, great, Scott. Thank you. We got 10 seconds left. Thanks for joining us today, Scott. Folks, thanks for uh, joining us on Your American Heritage. Come on back next week. God bless America. And vets, thank you.